All right. Only questions, Luke. Why is there an avocado shortage? Poor planning shit. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I totally gave up before it even started. Man, why wouldn't there be with this many people eating all these avocados? Are avocados really that popular? Have you ever tasted one? (laughs) Have I? (laughs) Uh, What what did you think? Have you ever tried a tree before? Do foxes have holes? Is it supposed to taste as green as it looks? What would green taste like? Like dirt. It tastes like dirt. (laughs) Welcome, neighbors, to another episode of the Praise and Broship Podcast, where two best friends and deconstructed Christians deconstruct praise and worship music, as well as other forms of Christian and secular media. As former students of theology and former praise and worship musicians, we will do our best to bring you unique, lighthearted, and hopefully insightful conversations to you each week. My name is Luke, and I'm joined by my best friend of, I realized this earlier today, CJ, 17-ish years? 17? It's got... It's a little bit more than that, right? 2006 was Hurricane Arita. No, that was 2005. I looked it up. It said 2006. Maybe oh, it was really? 2005. I, no, maybe Katrina it was 2005. Katrina was 2005, and Rita, and Rita was, was soon after hurricane that. season. Yeah, but were we best friends then? No, well, I don't, I don't want to. Either say way, no I, I would say it started. Feelings. But anyway, CJ, how's your walk? <laughs> My walk's good, man. Uh, nothing really to complain about. I guess we can let the cat out of the bag. I've made some ambiguous. Um, statements in recent episodes about some changes and I just started a new job. Uh, It's been a couple of weeks now. That's going pretty well, really laid back and chill. Uh, There were no hard feelings at the other position at all. Like I love those dudes. They're always going to be great friends and I wish them well and I'll continue to support them. But, you know, just needed some changes to happen uh, on the professional and also personal front, but it's it's going well. It's going great. No complaints. I do need a little confession time, though. We mm. we you you confessed last week that you well we don't have to bring up the past. I mean we, we don't have to bring that up. You confessed and you got it off your chest and it's over. So I have to confess that I have a really really negative thought toward people who do not return their buggies to the buggy return (laughs) to where I just want to walk over to their buggy and ram it into their car um, or maybe pick the person up, put them in the buggy and like push it off a cliff. I don't. So these are violent thoughts and they're just fantasies, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure Jesus said that that was fine, (laughs) but No, but seriously, that is like a huge pet peeve, and I get so angry. And the confession really comes. Taking it to the 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 buggy station, right? Not like all the way back to the store. You unload your bags into your car, 
and then you just put the buggy off to the side right next to your car you know instead of putting it in the buggy return the cart return thing it just uh, gets on my nerves and i've gotten better about not being so angry about it but like i'll be i was sitting in my car today i went grocery shopping and i had finished grocery shopping loaded all my stuff up put my buggy up and i was sitting in my car texting or doing something on my phone and the person literally right next to me unloads their groceries and just puts the cart like right in between our vehicles and it's like there are very very rare circumstances where i feel like you're justified not taking the cart back to the the cart return Ugh, it just bugs me it bugs me so much yeah there's uh, one grocery store here that only has one of those right in the middle, and that's usually the busiest parking section, so it's like you never get close to it. Occasionally, I have not brought it back there, but sometimes I will go, if I'm close enough to the storefront, I'll take it there, but yeah, I'm not perfect, 17 but I do. years of being friends just, uh, just ended <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but one time. No, and I, I was, get it. I, yeah. I get it. Like if I, I went shopping, I went grocery shopping with Oliver and with my son and I was, we were, I was by myself and I already put him in the car seat before I started unloading the buggy. And it's like the buggy return thing is way away. I'm not going to leave him in the car, you know, to go do that. And I'm not going to take him out of the car seat or anything like that. So that there, and there are other circumstances if you're not physically able, right? I'm not. Yeah talking about those types of people but yeah it's just ugh, it bugs me it really bugs me especially well, when you could look me directly in the eyes parked right next to me and then you're just going to sidle your buggy up basically against my vehicle it's just it's a slap of the, it's like a backhanded you know a backhand yeah kind of thing well like, th you know there when was, someone backhands you it's personal yeah i was um i went to lunch with uh a couple of employees and we had to do a Walmart run to get supplies for uh, the lab. And, you know, we unloaded the buggy and I went to go put the buggy back, which was only a couple of spaces away. So it wasn't like a big deal. And one of the, the girl that was with us was like, don't, don't worry about putting that back. Just leave it here. I'm like, wait, you're actually going to like, I get that you don't want to do it, but someone else is willing to do it. And you are actively trying to stop them from doing it. That's kind of weird. Of course I didn't say all of that because I'm a coward. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's just those kinds of instincts and in people, like, is it, did she not want to feel bad for being a kind of person that doesn't do that? <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of these folks that, that doesn't put their buggy back, just, you know, reach out to us on Be social better. media or email. And please, please tell me what the hell you do with all the time you save <laughs> not walking that buggy back okay i really want to know what hobbies and what very important events that you have to get to that you can't take it back and then off my soapbox confessional is over. yeah if your water's Please broken fine me. but <laughs> and don't just pee on yourself to act like your water's broken okay we can tell the difference it's the smell <laughs> the, the pause uh, i could see the wheels turning in your head I was, I was more deciding, you know, if I was going to be gross or not, not what to, Please, what I was by actually. all means, be as gross yeah. as you want to be. So how, how have you been, man? How's your walk? Uh, my walk has been sleepy. Okay. I see what you did there. I like it. We, I don't uh, think anybody else sees no, what you No, no one else. <laughs> uh, I've already talked to CJ about this uh, some, but uh, the other night I 
injured myself slightly by sleepwalking. <laughs> it's something that I've and I had no done. idea that you were a sleepwalker. I mean, I knew that yeah. you had like really bad sleep apnea and stuff, but I just never knew that you uh, sleepwalked. Yeah, there's been times where I'll wake up on the couch when I know I went to bed, or one time I went into the spare bedroom and fell asleep on that bed when I know I went to my actual bed, and that was really weird. Waking up in a room like it's a, it's a spare bedroom, but it's not like it's foreign whenever you just wake up. Right. I I've never slept in that room before, so waking up in it in the dark was just completely disorienting. When I was a kid, I peed in the dryer. Probably, I think more than once. Um, yeah, I, it's something that that that's happened pretty regularly throughout my life, but only like maybe once a year, twice, like every now and then, twice a year. It's it's not it's not uncommon, but it's not common either, which makes it more surprising every time that it happens, you know. And this time, I guess I was trying to sit down in my dream because I woke up falling up with my back against a dre- the dresser in the spare bedroom and the door hand the the drawer handles scraped up my back and my elbow Ugh. so like i woke up not only mid-fall but mid-injury <laughs> which was oh, very disorienting just... and then Brit- Brittany, uh i guess heard me go to the bathroom and then heard me open after i used the bathroom heard me open the spare bedroom door and she he was like why is she going why is he going into there and so very quickly after that i I fell and she was right there at the door asking me like what happened what's wrong or I I can't even remember and I was trying to explain to her all of the different things that was going through my head at the same second and so I don't know what I said and I know it didn't make sense but I was trying like it was like my brain was juggling five different sentences trying to get out what was going on like it was it's <laughs> such so a, it's, disorienting it is a very weird experience and it's like I don't want to say it's fun, but it is it's interesting like to have those experience, but I wish I didn't because now now that I know that I can open doors in my sleep, I'm terrified. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Our house that, is raised up. I guess that's like yeah. Yeah, our house is raised up and so if I open the door and walk outside, if I take more in the back stairs, if I take more than a step, I'm face planting into concrete or in the front the front door if I take more than four steps, I'm face planting into concrete. So Ooh. You just gotta be dreaming that you're walking downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't opened a door and a deadbolt yet. Maybe I've tried and just couldn't master deadbolt technology in my sleep. So, yeah, fun, mm. scary stuff. Okay, well. For our first song segment every episode, we do a Christian or a praise and worship song, and it's Luke's week to bring it. So Luke, what did you bring for us? I really struggled to find a a song that I wanted to talk about, um, but in doing research for another song, I found this one, and because I I discovered so the band name was mentioned, I guess they were on the same label or something, I can't remember, but, uh, and then the name of the song seemed familiar but i couldn't remember exactly what it was and when i listened to or when i watched the youtube video and heard the song it's like yeah we're talking about this this week so this is (laughs) big house by audio adrenaline oh my god (sighs) 
This was my song I, next week. Really? This was my song next week for <laughs> legitimately is I have it on my phone. Like I've already started doing uh, research on it. Well, this is going to be a good discussion then because I have a oh lot to my say. Gosh, I love that. I, I, I love that so much. I can't believe you're going to do it next week. We would have done it on the same week if we were both picking Christian songs and the way we've been picking oh, songs together. Man. All right, so we are going to take a break and listen to that song, although I don't know if CJ needs to, <laughs> if he was going to do it anyway. <laughs> but we're going to do it just to keep it fresh, and uh, we will meet you back here in just a second. Welcome back, neighbors. We just listened to Big House by Audio Adrenaline. And CJ, you already mentioned that you were going to do this song next week but i i was really hoping that this one was obscure enough that you know obviously i, w- I think you would have known about it but i thought i had you know you had maybe a song you hadn't thought of in like 20 years and that would that would surprise it on you and i surprised you but not in the way that uh that i thought i would so um so what do you think well, man well f- first of all uh it was a song that i hadn't thought about it in 20 years so that's another knock on our friendship you don't return your carts and you reminded me of this song. Um, <laughs> I didn't remind you of the song. You said you were going to do it. Yeah. So you 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 said I, I was hoping it was obscure enough. Like, dude, I went to church camp, man. Yeah. I mean, this is this was like the anthem. This was we because did they this. had like the hand. <laughs> yeah, they had the hand motions in the whole like nine yeah. yards for the yeah for the chorus, and so it was just all over the place. We for, still did this in high school. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, when I started going to church in sixth grade, I think this song was um, this song, this album came out like a, two or three years before I was in sixth grade. So it was already out. So we were doing this song in sixth and seventh grade when I first started going to church and youth group and all that. And yeah, it played all through. I mean, I remember doing this all through. Oh yeah, uh, lots of lots of. I mean, you know, let's be honest. No, nothing, no bad memories associated with the song itself. Great memories, fun memories, but ugh, how yeah. did a three and a half minute song feel like it was fucking eight and a half minutes long? Yeah. I just, I wanted it to end. Yeah, uh, this was actually nineteen ninety three. Also, so I didn't realize. I didn't okay, realize it was that. I didn't realize it was that early because I didn't hear it until, you know, uh, 2000. Yeah. So I was when I started uh, going to church, it was 96. Yeah. Nine, 96, 90, early 97, maybe. So, yeah, it had been out for a few years at that point. But yeah, so it was it was all over the place because, of course, in my little small town, not only is like Christian music behind on most pop music, but then. <laughs> but then like you know small town uh churches are even yeah. more behind because the you know trends take longer to get to those small towns so yeah it was all the rage back then man yeah the i i, I counted at least two deadly sins i could probably squeeze a third one in there if i wanted to wondering what you thought about that you know the pride for sure uh and all the stuff that they have in gluttony for sure because of all the food that they're gonna eat interesting i could count greed in there too i guess because uh, of all the all the stuff that they're you know talking about having um yeah and football is in heaven a judgment is being a judgmental asshole uh 
<laughs> yeah, a deadly sin. That's pride. This I is guess. what the song comes off to me. Yeah, yeah pride. Okay, yeah. Um, it, that that's what this comes off to me as is very. Yeah, and, uh, and football in heaven better would be, than would be hell for me. So okay, so this is interesting. So and and I, I'm legitimately asking, is so come and go with me to my father's house. Are we talking about heaven? Or are we talking about oh, church? Or are we sure. talking about both? I think it's, well, probably both, but I think it's definitely more about heaven, which is kind of like suicide. Really? See, I, suicide I always pacty. felt like it was more, more about the church. Oh, well that um, changes all of my notes because, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not saying that that's an invalid interpretation. Well, that's cause, just, uh, I did look up reviews on YouTube of this song, and they're all pretty much the same. Oh, I loved this song when I was a kid, and blah, blah, blah. I still love it. Like, that's most of the, of the comments. One was like, I can't wait to get to my father's house. And when you're interpreting that as heaven, it's like, you can't wait to die? Well, like, just then do it. You can do it. You shouldn't, but you could. Like, yeah. you don't have to wait. Right. But yeah, that was one of the, probably the most interesting comment. I mean, there's like, yeah, the, none of, none of them... They all pretty much said the same. I love this as a kid, and so now I love it now, even though it's a terrible song. Um, <laughs> yeah, and again, like the memory aspect for me, there there's an element of nostalgia there. And <clears throat> nostalgia was the, the word in the, every the, single comment that I saw. Right, right, but but the difference is that, like, I think nostalgia is often, I mean, more often than not, if if not uh, almost a hundred percent of the time, associated with positive uh there's positive associations there and like i said uh, you know up top there there i do have good memories from my time in church and doing the motions and the hand you know the whole little dance thing to this song but i can also compartmentalize you know and <laughs> and then i can say oh yeah ha good times happy times uh made gr lots of great friends in church and all that good stuff and learned a lot and became who I am now. But I can call a spade a spade. It's not a good song. It's, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, like you can, you, you know, you can have nostalgia for something, uh, and 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 still be able yeah. to admit like it's I not have that. It's I, not have that good. For, I have nostalgia. I have nostalgia for Chef Boy RD, but that shit's nasty. It's not. Like, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and same thing with like. Hanson, right? If you listen yeah. to Mbop, it's like it's like it's not a bad song. It's 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 way better than this song, but it's it was a product of the times, right? It it yeah. sounds very much like it was released in the mid to late nineties. I mean, it's just that's what it is, and so you can you can accept that and say, okay, it's it's not the be all end all. It's it's still good. I, it's still fun. They're they're obviously talented people, but it's not the greatest thing as good as it was when I was using a hairbrush to sing to it in my bedroom. Right. I mean, <laughs> happy memory, good memory, but not, it doesn't negate the fact that there are some issues with it. Um, yeah. Whatever, whatever you're comparing it to. So, uh, before we get into the history of the band and my thoughts on heaven and hell, spoiler alert, what's the word? <laughs> oh man. Okay. The, there's so much repetition. I don't know. I don't know. All I know. Uh... Big, big. This said a lot. <laughs> big, big. Um, geez, I'm gonna. I'm gonna probably 
either really overshoot it or really undershoot. I'm going to say 58. Undershoot. Yeah. It, I had, I got 86. Wow. Wow. I was not even 65 was my first inclination and I thought, oh, I'll go with something that's not quite on yeah, the Yeah, I mean the the first two verses are pretty wordy and you get a good a good word count before the first chorus because they do two verses, you know, before they get to the first chorus. So that's a, that was a tough one because it's deceivingly it's deceiving because of all the repetition, but it's wordy at the beginning. So, I mean, it's wordy, but again, it says, "I don't know where you, or where you, I don't know where you, or where you, I don't know, I don't know." It's just, it's ah, a, yeah, a it, butter, a butler or a maid. Yard is a usable. Yeah, I mean, there's Ham, definitely hammock and there's the definitely shade, unique words there. To talk on the phone, and that's that's why it. Yeah, it got in my, I got in my own head on that one for sure yeah so yikes i was pretty far off on that one so audio adrenaline originally formed in oddly enough 1986 uh there's probably a conspiracy there 86 mm, words yeah. for their most popular song in 1986 you were born in 86 i was born in 86 i mean it's it's meant to be that Ooh, yeah this is uh, just getting heavy but originally they were called A180, which I didn't really see any meaning or reason behind that. But 180 obviously is like turning around. Uh, that That's probably the meaning behind that. Uh, maybe audio 180. Yeah. But uh, that's just a guess. Uh, and they formed in Kentucky. In the first four years, they did over 100 shows and traveled as far as Texas and South Florida, but they were mainly a local band. Uh, they recorded two albums during that time. U-Turn, that was Y-O-U-Turn. Of course, uh, and Reaper's mm. Train. I did not sure. look into these albums. I actually couldn't find them on Spotify, and I couldn't find anything about A One Eighty, other than you know that they were they used to be Audio Adrenaline. Uh, the band's big break would come upon meeting Bob Herdman, who approached A One Eighty with two songs he had written. One was called My God, and uh, asked them to record it. Eventually, Forefront Records, which I that's a name that I hadn't heard in a long time, but I do remember that. Uh, from mm -hmm. back in the day, uh, offered them a record deal, and with the stipulation that they would change the name to Audio Adrenaline, which Bob Herdman was the one who came up with that. So it's like I don't I don't know the backstory entirely behind that, but there's a lot there's a rich history of this band. So I'm just going to hit the highlights. Uh, eventually, the band went on hiatus uh, when uh, when the band's mo when the band's vocalist Mark Stewart was having vocal troubles that made it nearly impossible to sing, and that was in 2006. In 2012, former members Stuart McInnes, uh, I think that was the drummer, along with the band's manager, Wes Campbell, decided to relaunch the band with a new lineup. According to them, one of their uh, options was to ask Kevin Max. Sound familiar? He's nodding his head and taking DC a drink. DC Talk. Yeah, Kevin Max, formerly of DC Talk, to be the new lead vocalist because of uh, Mark's, uh, Mark Stewart's you know, vocal cord problems. Uh, in addition, Max, w uh, as the new lead vocalist, the band also added David G Gazarian of Super Chick. That band sounds familiar, but I don't remember any of their songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was on guitar, Jared Byers of Bleach. I do remember that band, too, and I had some burned copies of their songs, but again, I don't remember anything about them. Uh, and he was on drums. Jason Walker on keyboard, McGinnis on bass, and the former singer Mark Stewart remained as producer and songwriter. So, kind of sad whenever you you know want to do what you love and your body physically can't allow you to do it anymore. But at least he still got mm -hmm. to be a part of the creative process. 
Over the next few years, uh, d- you know, different band members would drop out and be replaced. Uh, and by 2015, none of the original band members were in the band. Uh, and eventually in 2017, the band retired once more. Wow. So it's kind of interesting that it was, you know, that whole, what is it, the the boat problem? You have this boat and you keep having to fix it up and replace parts. And after so many times of, mm-hmm. you know, eventually you replace all of it. Is it still the same boat? It's like, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Even if you've replaced all the parts. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to. There's some, there was a, a farewell um, article, like an interview that they did that that I found an article of. And there's one section that I kind of want to talk about because it, it it speaks a lot of the hubris of of you know modern Christians. Uh, so it's just a few lines from I believe it's Mark, uh, the the lead singer. We thought maybe we were supposed to be a summer band because we were all going to be teacher majors. Says oh, it says bassist Will McGinnis. I should read ahead. <laughs> uh, we would have this summer ministry and we'd go back to work in the real world during the school year. God kept confirming it over and over to us that we were to pursue this music thing. Mark, so Mark is adding, honestly, at first, uh, I think we stumbled onto this thing called audio adrenaline. Well, yeah, you, someone else renamed your band. Uh, uh, we were We were willing to serve, willing to do whatever God wanted, but I don't think it was well-defined at the beginning. He continues. I remember when I was young, I used to pray for a platform. My dad was a pastor. I wanted to be a missionary. I loved music. I don't know why, but God put it in my heart to pray for a platform to share the gospel. It was almost inevitable that God was going to serve up the stage. The uh, I don't know why, but God put it in my heart to pray for a platform to share the gospel is just like, it just, you're talking in circles. Like, what are you, what does that mean? Yeah, why why would he just not tell you I'm going to give you this platform and it's music? I, yeah, I why like, why didn't he did just give it to you? If he if he had to put your it in your to heart pray to pray for, for him to give it to you? That doesn't make any <sighs> sense. <laughs> now like if wow. you had said something about God put it in me to meditate about whether or not this is something that I should do with my life, that's completely different. But you're saying God put it in you to pray for the thing that he's going to give you. That doesn't really make sense. At least not in that wording. There's probably no, a better way to it's, say it. It's, but. Yeah, that's really, it's disjointed. It's janky. It, it doesn't, It yeah, it doesn't check out. Like you're, a, a lot of, of what you see in prayer is you, you, you approach God with the desires of your heart. And if you are a Christian and you're, you're living a life of faith and obedience, then the desires of your heart will oftentimes line up with those godly things and those biblical things. Like you're, you're not going to just pray and say, yo God, I, I need some, I need some Coke and some, you know, some strippers and stuff over here stat. Right. I mean, that's an extreme example, but my point being like, if you're seeking God and you are following the the tenets of the faith, then you're not going to, you're not going to ask for, he doesn't have to imprint that on your heart so that you can ask for it. Right. It's, mm-hmm. I don't, it just, it, it's, it's, it's now wonky. this is all, I don't, this I don't is all like in the, quotes, the phrasing of that. So it was probably a conversational style interview. So I'll give him some leeway, but yeah, he could it, have it, misspoke. It, it came out the way it came out because that's how, that's how you think you think in 
what's the word I'm looking for? I do this. This is definitely should be on a bingo card. What's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) And rhetoric, you know, you're, you're taking these small phrases and reworking them and putting them into different sentences just because it sounds churchy. And it's just, that's that's how you end up thinking. Just load up on, load up on biblical language. And And it's, for me, everyone will nod along with you. And I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm alone. I really don't think I am, but a lot of times I would talk like that to prove to other Christians that I was Christian, like, <laughs> you know, or that, you know, or to convince myself that what I was trying to do wasn't selfish. I know, oh man, I know, man, there's one time, I hope he doesn't listen to this, but I did play guitar for a, as the the worship leader for a very small church, Jim, his church. Mm-hmm. And, um, do you want me to bleep that out? <laughs> maybe we'll see <laughs> i don't think he's ever okay. gonna hear it but if anybody knows me they know they know so but anyway uh i was asked to be i forget even why he asked me but he he asked me to be the the worship leader i guess maybe he saw me playing guitar one time or we just had a conversation i i can't remember but uh maybe he preached at monday 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 college bible stuff wherever that was called <laughs> monday night worship Monday night worship, <laughs> Monday college Bible stuff. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, I I did not get back to him for a while, and then then we went to Christmas break, and then after Christmas break, I told him this is not true. I told him, oh yeah, I just needed time to pray about it and make sure I wasn't doing it for me. And he was like, "You got it, man. <laughs> like you got the job. Like if you." <laughs> Uh, and that was how he how introduced many, me the many... first time that I went up on stage <laughs> and everybody was like, Oh, and I'm like, <laughs> but it was just me being a lazy college kid, you know, how many, how many relationships like, uh, like romantic relationships have been ended in the evangelical subculture because one of the, one of the people in the relationship said, oh, God man. wants me to be single. <laughs> Or, or God, it's, uh, so yeah, I'm you're not definitely the right not person alone. that God is saving for me. I'm definitely <laughs> no, not alone in using no. Christian jargon to get what they no. want in life. Like, it's, Absolutely uh, not. No, no, you're not alone. Anybody who says that they haven't done something to that effect, it, who, who's been involved in like evangelical fundamentalist Christian subculture, I mean, they're, they're just kidding themselves. Yeah. And, and Either delusional or they just know they're lying. Maybe not to like quite the extreme, maybe more just um, they're they're praying about something, but they're not getting a, a an answer or the feeling or the push and pull in one direction or the other and maybe embellishing a little bit. I, I think everyone's done it who's who's been involved in that. And look, and that's why I'm not like going to harp too hard on that is because I did it. I mean, embarrassingly so. And 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 I was bullshitting like I wasn't even yeah. it wasn't the truth. Now sometimes it was and I really did feel a certain way because of my prayer time and and that kind of thing but uh, so the other times were just completely disingenuous and and I will self-serving fess up and, to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, now let's get into it because mm. I searched for oh by the way i want to back up <laughs> i did i did search audio adrenaline scandal today a couple of times oh just to make sure nothing came up i that that's whenever i found out about the band okay, breaking cool. up and the and the vocal cord thing 
Nice. But it's just going to be standard practice and procedures for me, standard operating procedure, just because I don't want to bring up a band and then that and not know. <laughs> yeah, like there's and, a problematic history. And, yeah. And, we're, yeah. and then we're talking how good they are about their whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I recommend you do the same <laughs> just in case. <laughs> uh, and if I missed it, it's because it was buried. I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to go digging for that stuff if I don't see it on the surface because I just I don't. Yeah. Have let us know if, uh, if yeah. uh, audio adrenaline has done anything wrong. We'd love to hear. We love uh, you to spill the tea for us. So I then ended up saying, typing in a bunch of different variations of the phrase um did she did jesus almost said jesus did jesus <laughs> talk about an afterlife and inevitably i came across hundreds of christian publications that were you know talking about what they believe and it was not useful because they're all going to be saying the same thing that you know cherry picking bible verses to talk about heaven and then i don't even exactly remember how i came across this dude but there's this um Biblical scholar or a theol not theol I don't even know if I want to call him a theologian. He didn't call himself that in the podcast that I listened to. But anyway, he is a scholar. He is a teacher of religion or theology. Uh, and his name is Bart Erdman, E-H-R-D-M-A-N. I didn't look up Bart Erdman mm -hmm. scandal. I'm, that's that's on me. I'm I'm familiar with him, yes. Oh, you are? Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Uh man, I I did not know about him, and I'm gonna probably binge his podcast for a while and probably get some of his audiobooks cuz the audiobook app from my library has a bunch of his books both ebooks and audiobooks so i'm uh, i'm very curious to see more about, about what he has to say so to start this conversation cj what does the old testament say about an afterlife you studied the old testament more than i have or does it mention heaven and hell not in as explicit terms as you see in the new testament right i mean mm -hmm. there's the there's the aspect of sheol which is mm -hmm. the grave, right? Uh, the, the the there's not there's not like a ton of direct references to like eternal damnation. It's more of a place that's dark that you go when you die. There's references, especially like in the Psalms, about being at the right hand of the Father, and uh, what better is one day in your courts, uh, being being in in the house of God. That's a song one of us is going to pick eventually. Oh yeah. I'm surprised we haven't done it yet. I know. I uh, thought about it. I could have done that and still talked about the same stuff. Yeah. And so it's, it's definitely not as cut and dried as what some of, some of the epistles, uh, are, you know, reference when they reference heaven or hell, it's, it's more general. It's, you know, David saying, uh, my my son is dead. He won't return to me, but I will go to him. It, it's kind of like a a hope for something more so than an explicit description of a place or places that exist where you go if you're good or you go if you're bad. Right? That's yeah. It's more it's more a uh, metaphorical philosophical uh, kind of thing in the in the Old Testament. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's never explicitly stated. And I would argue that in the New Testament, it's not explicitly stated either if you look at like the original language, which we'll get to. But um, so what I wanted to start in the beginning with uh, Adam, where he was formed out of the dirt or out of the clay and God breathed 
the breath of life into him. And the word breath, wind, spirit, all mean the same thing Mm -hmm. in ancient Hebrew. And the Jews uh, believed that the body and spirit were one. You couldn't have one without the other. So when the breath leaves the body, the person ceases to exist, which Mm kind of makes sense. I mean, that's, that's what... A lot of people believe whenever you stop breathing, you don't exist anymore. Your body's there, but you right. aren't. You are not there. There is no belief that your soul continues to exist after you die. The Then let's fast forward hundreds, if not thousands of years. You know, we're kind of, timelines are vague from what I can tell in, you know, biblical stuff. So mm-hmm. Jesus comes along and uh, and this, this there was a movement that actually started before Jesus where they were starting to think that, you know, all these people are oppressing us and doing bad things and prospering. Uh, we're trying to do what we think is right by God and we're suffering, but God is a just God. God is a loving God. So there must be something that happens to to reward us uh, eventually. And whether that's after we die or, or soon in our, you know, in our history. And then, you know, Jesus comes along and starts talking about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is near, meaning that there will be a kingdom that overturns this kingdom that's been oppressing us and we will we will have our our kingdom back again. Yeah, so good things are happening to bad people, bad things are happening to good people and the, you know, if God is a, lo- a loving and just God, how can this be true? And then, you know, after Jesus's death, 40 or so years uh, after Jesus's death, the book of Mark is written and within those years since Jesus's death and these gospels starting to be written down, the church is still active. And they're still trying to spread the the gospel of Jesus. Who were they spreading that to? The Jews were skeptical of it. They didn't think that Jesus was the Messiah. So they're spreading it to Gentiles. And Gentiles were most were in that area were coming out of more of a, a Greek and Roman tradition where they did think uh, that there was an afterlife, and they uh, they did see the body and spirit as separate. So you put that in with the God is just and 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 good with the belief in an afterlife and that the body is is separate from the spirit then yeah that's this that's where we get our modern idea of heaven and hell because if heaven exists to reward then hell must exist to to punish but it's not ever explicitly said anywhere in the bible we've talked about it before that gehenna was the trash pit and that to to go this certain way with your life is basically like being in a in a in a burning pit but it doesn't say that when you die you go to a place of eternal torment ever so what do you think? <laughs> that was quite a bit to talk about, but um, that, that was always something that, that had bothered me. It's like, well, then where did we get this idea of, of heaven after you die? It's like, well, oh, man, this dude knows what he's talking about because that makes a lot of sense. Makes way more sense than what I was taught in church. Right, right. You know, you could, we could really talk a lot, and I'd have to, I'd have, to have my Greek Bible or my Hebrew Bible even out to look at some of the word usage in referencing hell because the problem that you have in a lot of these evangelically based translations of the bible uh the niv or king james even uh although i haven't referenced the king james version in years but it can be it can be useful in some aspects the esv these these more conservative uh, type translations are probably going to take all of the references to, you know, Sheol and Gehenna, right? And they're going to translate it as hell because as much as we would like to think that these folks will be 
you know, impartial and not bring their their biases and those those types of things into the translation. The fact of the matter is that's impossible to do, not to mm-hmm. do. I mean, you know, it, it's yeah. it's going to happen. It doesn't matter who you find. You can find the most level headed uh, intellectual. I mean, think of like Dr. Shepard from from our time at college, mm-hmm. just super knowledgeable. But if someone said, hey, uh, Shep, we want you on this this translation committee for a new translation we're going to come out with, he would bring something. Yeah, your life experience is going to is going to uh, influence how you interpret it, no matter how much knowledge you have about historical context and all that stuff. The specific wording is still going to be on the interpretation of the person and. Yeah, maybe that's where we come up with the idea of Paul talking about flesh and why we're so um, sexually averse to anything, you know, in that area. It's, it's yeah. But yeah, I mean, I it's so it's so difficult to to parse a lot of that without uh, having the the original the I say original the the Greek <laughs> or the the Hebrew yeah. text in front of me. But you know what I mean. But yeah, I, I just. I feel like you saw, you know, there's this, there's this sense of evolution in the Bible, right? Where, mm. uh, and you, you'll hear Christians speak like this too, though not as, not as, uh, not as, you know, upfront about it because they don't want to send a mixed signal. But the Old Testament has this, this concept of God that's very much like active in the world, right? He, he's full of wrath and vengeance and he's a jealous god and he you you shall have no other gods before me and there there's this great sense of uh, of punishing those who who wrong his people right it's it's very very vengeful but what you see toward the end of the old testament by the end of the old testament i'm i'm speaking more in terms of chronologically as you get closer to Jesus, you see this shift where these prophets, uh, the, uh, the especially like the minor prophets who are speaking in terms of God snuffing out the enemy, and uh, but you also start to see this sense of inclusion, the inclusion of, uh, for lack of a better term there, the Gentiles, non-Jews, non-Hebrews. Mm-hmm. You start to see that in places like Jonah, where God tells him to go preach and he refuses to go preach at Nineveh. And Jonah's basic thinking is why preach to these people? They're sinners. They're going, you know, they're, they're, they're not my people. They're not Hebrew. Uh, what's the point? And when he does go preach, he does like a half-assed job of it because I've already been swallowed by a big fish. So I might as well do that. Cause Lord knows what else is going to happen to me if I don't. And he goes and preaches this half-assed sermon and you're thinking like it's useless. God's not going to save this place. He's going to destroy them. But he does. He, he saves them. And, you know, the whole lesson there at the end was that the worm ate the leaves off of his shade tree. And so he was getting burned and he was more concerned about the, you know, his tree than he was the, this large city of innocent people. Right. And so you you began to see that inclusion in that kind of universal aspect of God's love, that God's love is not just limited to this one people group. 
and uh, that very ethnocentric kind of view of God, and then began to branch out even further where it wasn't just the people in that region. You know, Jesus Jesus said, go and make disciples uh, of all the world. It wasn't just, uh, of course, the world to them was much smaller Mm. than they, than they thought. Uh, But yeah, it's, you began to see this universality and the, the, the universal Christ and the cosmic Christ, the logos, right. Uh, And, and so heaven and hell are problematic just in that like in the respect of seeing how the text evolved over time and how our understanding of the divine began to change a little bit here and there and yeah society evolved so yeah the writings would evolve too yeah and it is very tribal mentality you know uh, for for thousands of years the hebrews were like no other gods. This is our God. This is the God, right? And then it became very militant because this is the only true God, uh, you know, aside from the fact that that connotes that there are other gods, but <laughs> I digress. <laughs> the The point being that there was very much like you're not in the club because you're not circumcised and you're not uh, part of this tribe. And then it obviously blossomed and grew into a more universal view that God's love was not just for the Jews. Uh, God's love is big enough for everyone, right? Yeah, man, there's so much I want to talk about. One, it's like, why was I never taught about Jonah in this context where it's like, no, God was wanting to save everybody. It's not God's going to punish you if you don't do what he says. He's not going to make you swallow. It literally is like a monster story to kids to get them to behave. <laughs> That's kind of how yeah. I was always oh, taught about you, it. You should, you should do what God tells you to do. Otherwise, uh, you're going to get swallowed by a big fish. And no, yeah. it doesn't say whale in Jonah. It says big fish. It doesn't say apple in Genesis chapter 3. It says so fruit. fruit. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> another soapbox I, I just like messing with people like hey you um, don't get it right I, um, mean, I don't actually really care it probably was a whale <laughs> yeah i just um actually the shit out of y'all <laughs> i saw a meme the other day that said that men who have podcasts is just a, an excuse for them to mansplain <laughs> i thought that was yeah but you know what birdie does that shit to me all the time Earlier, when we were watch, we were watching the the new episode of The Last of Us, and she's like, "Do you know why it's called what? Uh, why it's called a forest, or why it's called woods?" And I was like, "No, I had a guess, but I was wrong." Do you know, CJ? Why? Um, it so she mansplained to me that forests are uh, in the olden days were woods that were owned by the king, and today it's woods that are owned by the state. Like it's a national forest, not a national wood. But anything that's like just, you know, the the trees behind your grandma's house are, are woods because the, the state doesn't own them. Interesting. It, it is interesting. But we, I can't say she <laughs> woman-splained that to me because that's not a thing. Man. Hashtag. Well, there's not a, it's not a thing yet. We're going to make a word for that. Hashtag female privilege. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, it, it is interesting whenever he, whenever I was listening to... Uh, uh, is he a doctor, Bart Erdman? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, when he was talking about Jesus actually believed that there was a coming kingdom and he was preaching the way he was to get the people uh, in a in a right state with God so that when the kingdom came that they would be safe 
and the people who are oppressing them would be, I guess, punished. So yeah, it, it just recontextualized all of Jesus's ministry for me. If if what he's saying is true, this is just one scholar saying this. So uh, I will continue to listen to him because I found it a very interesting discussion. So we'll get we'll see where that research leads. But it went way deeper than I thought it would go. And I, I did a lot of this research while I was waiting for my tires to get uh, to get new tires put on my truck at the dealer, not the dealership, the uh, the tire place. So yeah, it forced me to be kind of isolated and not wait to the last minute to to get my research done. Although I did do all that today, at least it was early today and not <laughs> right before we started recording as usual. So right. Uh, we could, I could definitely continue to talk about this forever, but CJ, do you have anything else you want to say about the song? Well, so we didn't even talk about the music. Song, so yeah, I, I mean, there's not really, yeah. it's just a loop, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could probably pick the chords out if I had don't, to guess it's in like the key. Of, I'm not going to, but <laughs> if I had to guess, it's probably in the key of a, uh, I, I thought for sure it would be G, but I don't think it's a G. Um, but what I was going to say about the song is but I, I don't have a, an issue with it right out the gate. The first, the, that very first verse, you know, where you lay your head, where you call your home, where you eat your meals, where you talk on the phone, Man. all that. It's, it's when, when it's you say silly. it, it's when you say it, it sounds like a country song. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it basically is. Uh, yeah, I think it is in the key of A. But anyway, but the that second verse, right, before you even get to the first chorus, that second verse, it it goes downhill so fast. And then in the third verse, it's it's the, a lot of the same where okay, let me just read this. I don't know if you got some shelter, say a place to hide. I don't know if you live with friends in whom you can confide. I don't know if you got a family, say a mom or dad. I don't know if you uh, felt love at all, but I bet you wish you had. That is getting really manipulative, and it's it's slimy to me. It uh, well, it goes it, dark, it makes but me the, cringe. It goes very dark, but the songwriting is gets worse. Maybe that's an artistic choice, but I don't think so. The songwriting <laughs> it, gets so and, and, bad. Say a mom or dad. Like that's so that's so oh it's so cringy and then then it gets dark like that. What do you mean by manipulative though? Okay, so then look at the third verse. Uh, so after that one that I just read, it's the whole you know come and go with me to my father's house. It's a big big house. Blah blah blah. The third verse. All I know is a big old house with rooms for everyone. All I know is lots of land where we can play and run. All I know is you need love, and I've got a family. All I know is you're all alone, so why not come with me? Ugh. That's so manipulative. Like, because now there are absolutely people out there who are alone and they're hurting and they're in really dark places. And I sincerely know missionaries and personally know some of the people who they're not being manipulative, you know, when they're when they're ministering to anybody, not just the people who may be all alone and they don't have a family and they just want to be loved. Like we all want to be loved. I mean, but th to me, it's it just comes off as uh, you've got nothing and I have mm -hmm. everything. Which a lot of Christian songs do that, but they're more self-deprecating like we've talked about before. And right. why yeah. is it such an upbeat, funky, like fun 
tune that sounds like it's for kids and it's telling them do you have a mom or dad i've got a big house why don't you come with me <laughs> like it's it sounds like it's for yeah. kids but it's like it's oh it, yeah i see what you mean now it is pretty gross it just it doesn't sit well with me man because it's it, okay i would i would liken this kind of thing to mediums or uh psychics i hate those types of people and and what they do because they go into a crowd and they I'm seeing the letter G. I'm that reacts. G. Does, does the letter G yeah, resonate yeah. with anyone? Well, yeah. right, right. <sighs> <laughs> and, and there's two hundred people and, in the crowd. And then, it's what like, do you think? <laughs> and then it's like, oh yeah, my my grandmother and she raised my grandma me Gerda, and she she died she died suddenly when I was sixteen of, of and gout. I was homeless and she left me all alone and then this person's like well she ne- you're you've never been alone she's been with you can you feel her here right now it's so fucking it's so slimy and it's just I can't stand that it yeah. makes my skin crawl to think about what these people do the, the, and I kind of liken it to that a little bit now again I'm not saying that this kind of form of manipulation is commonplace uh i i haven't been active in the church in quite a few years now uh but it's close to 10 years now really since i've been truly active but like i can definitely see that being the case you know where someone is is ministering to someone else and turning it around to be like you don't have anything oh yeah we saw that in the hillsong documentary we we have everything we have what you need and and again it's like you're enticing people to come to you're enticing people to come to your church or or go to heaven or however you want to interpret this it's a big big house lots and lots of room so you might live in a one bedroom apartment with a, a family of 5 you know man a, a i never table with lots and lots of food you're you might have a mom you might have a single parent who is working three jobs just to barely scrape by uh, a big, big yard. If you live in that one bed- bedroom apartment, you probably don't have a place to play a big, big house. It, it just, it's, it just doesn't it's, sit right. It with me. really does. Like it. It's like, it's almost like, um, like a McDonald's commercial. That video definitely felt like a nineties uh, <laughs> McDonald's commercial where yeah. it's just like, everything's perfect here. Like we'll make you happy. You know, like you're not, you can't be, you couldn't possibly be happy without us. We'll make you happy. And I, I, I feel like if they had, if this song, if they had written the verses differently and and I don't really know how they would rework them, maybe keep them a little lighter. Like the first, the very first verse, you don't, do you have a cook or a butler or a maid? Right. I don't know your situation, but, but to take it kind of into that dark, they get darker and darker with it. I know you're all, all I know is you're all alone. So won't you come? Well, so why not come with me? It just the taking it to that dark level, it changes, it warps it for me now well, as a deconstructed person. Yeah. And I just don't I never paid attention to that part. No, we were me all either. waiting for the chorus, right? We were just waiting for the chorus yeah. to do the hand motions and the little dances and stuff. Well yeah, and, and and you 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 get almost get brainwashed into thinking like, Oh yeah, without God I am all alone. Yeah, but that, and but the song sounds that, happy, that's so it why, must be happy. Yeah, it really from start is. To finish. It, it is like it is kind of brainwashy. It's oh man, I never saw that before. Holy crap! Well, I'm really glad that I asked and that you brought that up because that brought up a whole other segment of conversation that I I'm glad we got into because I man, I never noticed that. I thought we were just gonna trash on it. I mean, we're trashing on it, but 
we needed to trash on it more because that is yeah it's it's like subliminal because i don't <laughs> think it's intentional which makes it worse because yeah it, it you do yeah, just no, feel like i don't like, think that that's what they're you know getting at from a song i don't think they're trying no, like i said I but don't it's think so ingrained to in them to think that way that sure yeah that they're passing it along and and making people think that they don't have anything unless they have god and that's just i know that's the thing that you say as a christian but even most christians don't act that way they still love their family most of the times you know they still love their friends they have things without god but even though they don't say that they would never say it but yeah it's wow mm-hmm. well um i kind of trailed off there because that <laughs> it got really dark so <laughs> we are going to take a quick break and when we come back we are going to move on to cj's segment whether that's the game or yes. song i don't have a game this week so we will meet you back here in just a sec. Welcome back, neighbors. And before we get to CJ's next segment, I was corrected by someone else in this house who was overhearing Ooh. our conversation earlier. Since we both took mm. off work tomorrow, she's staying up and is actually listening to what I'm saying. Um, I thought she had fallen asleep already. But apparently, <laughs> I was incorrect in my uh, definition of mansplaining. Apparently, mansplaining is uh, co- explaining some something to somebody, typically a woman, in a condescending way. My assumption was that the urge to try to share any common knowledge information as if you were a genius for for discovering it and being able to explain it to people that's what i thought mansplaining was so well and and it's some typically something that she already knows whereas like i didn't know the forest versus woods things and she asked before she explained it to me so that definitely wasn't that although i do think she felt special for knowing it when i didn't know it so <laughs> I feel like if you're on a certain topic and or or watching something and so the the thing comes up organically, I think there's a little bit of mansplaining in, oh, so do you know why they call it forests versus woods? You know, that could be a type of mansplaining. It's more just to posture and show that you have knowledge. I mean, you might not be going, coming at it that way in kind of a high and mighty context yeah, but because chances are that person just learned that thing so <laughs> and they're wanting to share right. it's not like they've always known it yeah they just and are superior to yeah. so but anyway uh cj okay what do you got I for have me a game that we play a good bit called jesus or jessica this is where i bring either a christian or praise and worship song lyric or a secular love song lyric and Luke has to figure out if the song is referencing Jesus or a love interest. So ready for your lyrics, Luke? Yes. It's you. You're the one I love. You're the one I need. You're the only one I see. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you have good instincts, though. Like this is this is definitely one that could go either way. But I know you have one, one a more good... one more one more time, please. It's you. You're the one I love. You're the one I need. You're the only one I see. Oh man, I'm gonna go, Jessica. You are 
correct. Oh, my it gut. Is... My gut doesn't ever do me wrong. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. You got to trust your guts. Um, as soon as is... you said the first two, like the first four words, I was like, this is Jessica. And then you kept going. And I was like, uh, maybe not. And then I was like, no, I have to go with Jessica because it, it's too on the nose for, for a Jesus. There might be some listeners out there who were shouting at the podcast. This is a song by Beyonce called Love on Top. Oh, yeah, I don't listen to her. Come at, come at me. <laughs> I, I don't come know at me, Beehive. Beyonce. <laughs> but you know what her fan club was called. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm not a an avid Beyonce listener, but she does have some some really great songs. But yeah, that's that was Jessica. You got that one right. Good job. Always trust them guts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes you don't know if it's a uh, a fart or or more. Um, you know, you can't always. You don't know if there's a, you don't know if there's a turd in the way. You know. Yeah. You, you can never. You can't always trust your gut. The older you get, you know. That's true, especially after Taco Bell. What else you got for me, CJ? This is uh, your secular song segment. Yes, it is. Um, what did you bring for us this week? Man, I, I always struggle whenever I whenever I want to do a song by a band that I love and respect so much. I always second guess what song I should actually do. And so I just put my foot down and said, this is probably definitely top three favorite songs of theirs but for sure my favorite song on their most recent album so anyway the song i'm gonna do is revolving door by the band joseph oh i have a joseph song that i want to do uh i, I don't know if it's well, the I same beat one, you to this one. <laughs> if you beat me to the, if it's the same song that i want to do this is going to be a crazy episode that i i stole yours and you stole mine I told uh, I told Tracy when we took a break just a second ago that you you beat me to the because I told her I was going to be doing this song or yeah I was going to be doing Big House and I was like yeah he stole it from me and she was like what I said yeah he beat me to it oh that's great the song that I want to do is off of this album I, again I'm I'm bad with song titles but this is the song that I want to do is off of this album nice. All right, we're going to listen to Revolving Door. You can do the same. Pause the podcast. Give it a listen. We'll meet you back here in just a few. Welcome back, neighbors. You just listened to Revolving Door by Joseph. Luke, what did you think? So I am familiar with this band. Uh, I learned about them on Rob Bell's podcast, The Robcast. Everybody should listen to that. It's great. And man, there's something about families who perform together. Uh, if you don't know that th this is three sisters, and not only is like sibling harmony like really effective, but two of the three women are twins, and so that mm -hmm. twin harmony with their other sister is it's like it's it's amazing for sure. But there's plenty of songs that I that I've listened to by them where it's all like it's almost haunting. The way that mm. they they harmonize like gets into you like it's it's it it's kind of chilling like literally I get chills a lot of time that I listen to Joseph like it, the like I can feel the vibrations of their harmonies because it's 
it's so like perfect. <laughs> so, so I wanted to ask you about that because on more than one occasion, when Joseph has come up in conversation between the two of us, you've told me that you can't listen to very much of them because, and I think you use the phrase, it, it's too intense. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you mean by that? And, and I'm uh, asking a leading question here because you, you've kind of already explained it a little bit, the haunting aspect, the, maybe the, the chill inducing uh, aspect, but I didn't know if maybe there was a way for you to explain it in a different way. Um, yeah, I mean, it is slower. It is, it does seem very much more like meditative kind of music a lot of times. It's, oh, there's some bangers on this record, man. There's some really up, like, yeah. high, high energy songs. But yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you, their earlier stuff was very uh, folksy, singer songwritery. Yeah. Um, I think it might be partially because a lot of them are, are slower songs and the ones that are more upbeat. Uh, I mean, I recognize the talent, but it's just, it's not the style of music that I typically listen to. So I don't think about it, but I'm, I'm always happy when it shows up on other playlists, but it's just not something that I seek out. But I really should because they're see. I thought they're, I thought you would amazing. have loved this song because it's an A minor, and I know your affinity. For, oh no, for yeah, the, it's uh, the key of the A minor keys for sure. Uh, the the <laughs> song that that I that I want to do. I'm fucking. I might just do it next week. Uh, the song that I want to do by them is intense. Like, <laughs> and I know I know we just talked about that, but I don't know, man. It's just. Maybe maybe I'm running from my feelings. <laughs> like like the See, listening to them makes me feel stuff. And I don't even know how to describe what that feeling is. It just it like it it's just it like I said it gets inside me. Like it, the 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 way that their harmonies harmonize, the way that their voices harmonize just like there's a there's a physicality to me listening to it and I can't quite explain what I mean by that. Well, so my thinking is okay so so there's a few different uh factors at play here number one excuse me i had to burp number one putting okay there's three-part harmonies right at least three-part harmonies there could be more in some songs i'm sure there are so whether it's them overdubbing or maybe a male vocalist in there somewhere but but pretty much every single song has all three of them harmonizing but the thing is, is that they put so much reverb on their vocals, on all three vocals, not just the lead or the, the two harmony uh, parts. They're putting reverb on all three parts. And that's such a bold production uh, choice. Then the second part of that would be that much of the instrumentation from the guitar at the very beginning to the piano when the cor- when that first chorus kicks in the the floor tom the kick the snare even a little bit they have these reverb filters on them and they what it, what that does is it it creates this massive really open soundscape uh you kind of have some of these clapback echoes in there and if you're if you're listening on like a, a good set of headphones and stereo you can hear some kind of some sweeping fades in there as well uh, the bass, there's a little bass run toward the end of the song that sweeps across the head, the headset from, from right to left, I think. And these are, when you have that much reverb and that much openness 
mm-hmm. in music, it's a little, like you said, you, you said haunting, which uh, this song is meant to be haunting, but it, it comes off that way even in a more upbeat kind of major key kind of song. It pays off, I really think, their embrace of that that production decision on all of their records they they're doing this but i can definitely see why that would be a reason why it could be too intense yeah if it's if it's creating tingles down your spine every it's not quite song. asmr but it's like it's edging me in that spot like it's not right. it's that, not no. there but it's almost there you know and that maybe that's right, why right. i'm like it's like get get there or don't don't like don't it's, almost get it's there and stay there for toying four minutes. with you yeah they're toying <laughs> with you in that respect and and like I said, for me, it's huge. It pays off. I want to get chills when I listen to music. And I uh, love music that's deeply painful like this song is, too. I mean, there's a time and a place for it. Sometimes I'm not going to be into listening to a song like this. But when when a song can give me chills multiple times in the space mm-hmm. of just under four minutes, like this song did the first time I listened to it and still does, like I was getting chills multiple times uh tonight listening to it it's just it's it's so good and i but i can definitely understand not wanting to listen to you know too many songs in a row because it is so it it can be intense i totally get it i just i didn't know if maybe that was where your head was if it was less of a a weighty kind of their lyrical content is maybe a little no because i i honestly it's hard for me to follow their lyrics because they're I don't want to say that they're they're always slow because they definitely have some more upbeat songs, but I don't know. I, I'm again, I'm just, I, it's hard for me. Like unless, unless I'm looking at the lyrics when when I'm listening to the song, it's hard for me to follow along. I clearly have ADHD, but it's undiagnosed or just ADD in general, not ADHD. Um, but yeah, the the audio stimulation is a is a bit intense uh, to listen to it for long yeah. periods of time. And I have to be in the right mood to want to listen to it. And it's so unfortunate because they're so good. Like I would love to give them more listens yeah. and more clicks and stuff. And and you know, they, like I said, they, they were on the Rob they've been on the Robcast a bunch of times. Uh and they've done um the Chris their, his live uh LA Largo mm-hmm. Christmas yeah. um shows uh several times. And they did in uh this my in my opinion, the second best Oh Holy Night. But it's not a studio recording of it anywhere. They have, it's only on that episode of that podcast that they've done that. Right. And it's great. It's so good. It's just it's not Crowder. But um, <laughs> yeah, their their live stuff is really good because it's just, you know, underproduced. It's very garage bandy, you know, raw. And I and I love that shit, man, especially with the way that they do their voices. And it's typically just a guitar and their voices and like that's ugh, that mm, that's peak mm. joseph for me yeah yeah and and you know i find this song to be a bit of an anomaly in their in their catalog of songs in the sense of by and large all of their songs from a lyrical standpoint and, and a musical standpoint too have resolution in them uh, some some uplifting kind of crescendo by the time you get to the the final verse or the bridge mm. or the final chorus, everything seems to kind of work itself out. There's that resolution, but this song, Revolving Door, it just doesn't it doesn't have that. She she sings, I, I made it easy for you, but she's stuck in a revolving door, 
And then at the very end, she's saying, let me out now and make this go away. And those, those cries for help go unanswered. It's, it's just a good breakup song. It's, (laughs) I love breakup songs that make me remember when I went through a hard breakup, you know, (laughs) like I love that. And again, we talked about nostalgia earlier. That's nostalgia. It's a little painful, right? But it's still nostalgia and it makes you Did we do a breakup song last week or the week before? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, did we? I thought we had talked about breakups on a song recently, but maybe that was just in our personal conversation. (laughs) Oh, it was. It was the the Wolfpack one, right? Oh, well, there there was New Guru... But we didn't. We listened anyway. That's yeah. I don't think that was on the podcast. Skater Boy. Did we talk about? Pre- <laughs> <laughs> we did no. Skater Boy? No, it was the one where the 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 songwriter actually sang it. Whereas um, the version that we listened, to, I can't remember. I I, th- I thought we had the one of the Wolfpack the Wolfpack songs was uh, a breakup song. You, that we, we oh, definitely no, played no, it. No. We listened to that. We listened to that together off the off air. Uh, like we weren't okay, recording. See. Oh, that we would should be only, such a we good should, one to do. We should only talk whenever we're recording the podcast because I get confused. Right, right. We shouldn't listen to music we together <laughs> ever again unless we're recording the podcast. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I, honestly, I don't really have anything specific to say about the song except you know what I just said about it being kind of different from most of their other songs in that there is no resolution. When that last note rings out on the a minor it it leaves you hanging that that Mm. chord is not for resolution that chord is meant to build to a resolution and to end it just how it began is telling and and we've talked about it about how music can tell just as much of a story as the lyrics can yeah and so you know you could have maybe brought it up and ended on the g or the f but no they don't do that they're 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 staying in the minor and they're staying on something that leaves you kind of on the edge like okay all right give me like a happy note to tell me okay everything's fine now but they don't do that and mm. it's just it's a good it's a good choice the these ladies are incredible singers obviously mm-hmm. But they're really good songwriters. They write all yeah. this music. They're 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 writing the music. Natalie is the oldest, and then her younger twin sisters, Allison and Megan. And they have three albums. Uh, their first record in 2014 is called Native Dreamer Kin. Uh, sorry, Native Dreamer Kin. In 2016, which was my introduction to them, I listened to the record the uh, on the release day. I remember it vividly uh, called I'm alone. No, you're not mm-hmm. fantastic record made me fall in love yeah, with them. That's what, that's the song. Then, that's the record that I know the most songs off of. Yeah. Right. And then good luck kid uh, in 2019, they had an EP in, in between. I know I'm alone. No, you're not. And good luck kid, but I can't remember what it was called. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, they have a fourth album, full length album coming out this year in April. Wow. So, uh, they just released the first single the other day, and it's fantastic. So, uh, looking forward to them. They're just—they've become really popular over the last uh, decade, and I couldn't mm. be happier for them. It's—it's it's much yeah. deserved, and they're—they're they're making waves. And hopefully, I'm going to get to go see them in May. They're going to be in Dallas, which is you know about four hour drive from here. So, I might try to make the trip in May to uh, to go yeah. see them. 
Um, yeah, and if you're if if the the song has interested you or if this podcast is interesting to you, don't listen to the Robcast episodes because you will not like this podcast as much anymore. Uh, because it's fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, um, well, Rob Rob preaches more though. Maybe they don't want to hear preaching, so uh, they would true. like our podcast more. But uh, yeah, you've convinced me. I'm going to do the Joseph song that I wanted to do. I'm going to do that one next week. I would I, say my guess care. on the on the air, but I'm not going to. I'm going to poker it. face, baby. I yeah. Well, you be poker face, but honestly, I'd have to go. I'd have to go look at that uh, record, the the track list. I mean, but yeah, I can probably narrow it down to like two songs that you would do. But anyway, well, I'll ask you next week which one you think I'm doing when it comes to it, and we'll see if you're right. Yeah, yeah, do that, and that way you can hold me honest, and I I can't just say, oh, yeah, totally, I knew you were going to do that one. Yeah. So, right, so we're going to talk go, about... <laughs> just, before yeah. we go, I wanted to um actually myself, kind of. Not, not really. So last week, we did the Big Daddy Weave song, and I can't believe I didn't mention this. I had it in my notes, but... <laughs> so... The beginning of that song, I Come on My Knees, is quite possibly the most uncomfortable opening line to a praise and worship song ever. Wow. And uh, it's, I can't believe And it's the most uncomfortable way to come. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've, I've been in more uncomfortable positions, but, uh, but I come on my knees to bow down before you. So, like, what is it because, like, the fall is going to be shorter or. I don't, it's so, it's so weird. I just wanted to mention that because I've, I felt dumb for not mentioning, mentioning it last knees. week. Yeah. And, and look, mind out of the gutter, right? I get it. But the word come is so aggressive that there's really no way to say it or sing it where it doesn't sound aggressive. And yeah. so it just, <laughs> come just like the only and way go would be with like, me I to my knee. <laughs> I come on my knee um but yeah it's i just wanted to bring that up because yeah. i felt i felt like a horse's patoot for not mentioning it uh well, yeah i mean and I, I i did think earlier it's like how do you come and go at the same time like but i say that as he takes a drink of dr pepper <laughs> i can't believe i didn't spit it out oh speaking of coming okay we're gonna get and speaking of, of going yeah <laughs> Look, guys, we have all our socials, uh, links to all our socials in the show notes, as well as our email address, praiseandbrowshippodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Jackie does wonderful things for us, and uh, we're getting back in the groove with that. Going to have some new TikToks soon, I'm sure. We really appreciate y'all listening. We've Uh, got lots of fun stuff in the works for y'all in future episodes. Yeah, make sure to check the make sure to check the show notes for links to the songs. Uh, I don't know why you would do that at at the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I realized as I started saying it that that's pointless. We do need to get better about saying that at the very beginning of the episode. (laughs) Oh man, we're gonna head on out of here. Uh, Yeah, we really appreciate y'all for listening and sticking with us. Lots of cool things in the future for us and uh, for you guys listening. And always remember to love your neighbor as yourself. Bye, guys.
interesting. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Are we going to do it again? Yeah, let's try one more time. And if we don't get oh, anything, then we so don't you get already anything. lost. <laughs> oh my god, you got me. Uh. Well, there it is. I mean, I think it could. Oh god, this is mansplaining. 